If you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. In this episode, we're discussing the baddest of bad men. Now, as you can tell from my voice and comparing it to a previous episode or a subsequent episode, I am suffering from a cold. Now, of course, I've already done an episode about man flu where I discuss how ridiculous it is that we're not even allowed to be ill. And the kind of the stigma that's attached to that because of these stereotypes about men. However, there is a... I kind of want to say it's taken me 36 episodes to get to the point I want to make, but I want to make that point now. And that point is, men are horrible creatures. They really are. There is no way to play that off as being something nice or just me having a bit of a laugh at men's expense. Men are horrible, horrible creatures. But the worst part of it is, all men are assumed to be the same. In the same way that, you know, men perhaps assume that women are the same. But here's the thing. The problem I have with it is that I get lumped in with all of these men who do these horrific things. So just to give it a little bit of clarity and a little bit of explanation as to what I'm talking about, at the moment, as I record, there is a... There's a, you can't call it a manhunt when it's a woman they're hunting for, but it's a woman they're hunting for who's gone missing. Now this lady is mid-40s, and the photos they've been sharing around, um, she looks very attractive. She's a very attractive 45-year-old woman. She looks good for her age. Let's have that said, she does look good. But of course the problem is, that's not what the issue is. The issue is not whether she's an attractive 45-year-old woman or whether she's an unattractive 45-year-old woman. The issue is, is that she's gone missing. So people are out there, police are diving, looking in the rivers and all the rest of it, trying to find this poor lady who's gone missing. And yet, and yet, and yet, so many of the posts and comments and counter comments that come underneath the photographs that have been shared by the local constabulary to say that this woman is missing and do you have any information about her? There are far too many comments from men saying, Whoa, she's a bit fit, isn't she? Whoa, she's an attractive piece of... And it is just abhorrent and disgusting. And the problem is, it's men that are saying it. There aren't any women who are piping up and saying, She's an attractive lady, I'm a lesbian and I enjoy ladies. No, because women don't do that. The women that are responding to these tweets or these comments and these posts, they are all saying the same thing. Poor woman, let's see if we can get her found and get her home to her family, to her, to her husband and her kids. All the men, not all the men, but as you get my point, some of the men, these bad men, these male men, they are the ones that are saying things like, yeah, she's fit, I definitely blah, 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 and very inappropriate things. But as I say, the problem is, I looked at these posts of this missing woman and I thought, oh, the poor thing, I hope she's okay, I wonder where she's gone, where she's going to turn up. And then I thought, she's actually quite attractive, she's a good looking lady. I've had the exact same thoughts about the posts that I've been seeing about these poor women who are being oppressed in Iran. 
when I see them without the hijab, I just think, God, she's beautiful. She's a really beautiful Middle Eastern woman. Why would somebody want her and blah, blah, blah. Not my argument, not my fight. But I have to admit, as a man, I look at the pictures and I go, I don't understand why they're being forced to wear the hijab. I don't understand that side of their religion. I don't understand why they're being oppressed. I don't understand why the police are attacking them. Why they've got that, um, whatever they call themselves, morality police that are stopping the women from showing even a strand of hair. I don't understand any of that. But then when I see the photographs of the women who have tried to show their, their, their hair and show a bit more of their faces, I'm genuinely astounded by how attractive these women are. And I just think that to me is always my secondary thought. It's always these poor women are going through this horrible struggle. She's actually quite pretty. The two things are mutually exclusive. The fact that she's going through the struggle is not driven by the fact that she's attractive. She would still be going through the same struggle if she was unattractive because it's not about her attractiveness. But that's not what most men see. Most men will see, she's gorgeous. Oh, and she's having problems? That's borne out by all manner of things that I see on Twitter. So, there's a thing doing the rounds at the moment, you'll probably be able to find it even in retrospect. There was a thing going around where a lady was uh, being hassled on a London bus uh, I believe it was being streamed at the time, or at least it was on Facebook Live. But she was being hassled because uh, she got onto the bus and some chappers approached her and started to chat her up. And she got up out of her seat and moved somewhere else on the bus because he'd sat down next to her. So she'd got up and gone and sat somewhere else. So then he walks along the bus and the, the video footage we see is him arguing with her about why she's decided to get up and walk away and why he's not being validated by the fact that he wants to have a chat with her. And it just completely ignores the fact that she doesn't want to be hassled. So I watch the video and I just think, perfect. Another example of why men are just absolutely horrible creatures and I get lumped in with them. Because now that video's done the rounds, next time I go on a public transport and there's not a lot of choices, I mean, in the case of this particular woman on this particular piece of transport that she was on in London, there were plenty of free seats, but the guy decided, he walked on, took one look at the woman and thought, yep, I'm in with a chance, sat down next to her and started chatting her up. And of course she got up and moved and sat somewhere else, and then the whole escalation. And while he was asking her why she walked away and why she got up and all the rest of it, when she was giving the answers along the lines of, look mate, you stink of weed, you're not my type, I just want to sit on the bus, I just want to be left alone, he was actively telling her to shut up and shouting at her to shut up, because his feelings are more valid than hers. But as I say, this video emerges, and it's not the first one, and it won't be the last one, but this video emerges, and before you know it, we'll find ourselves in a situation where me, as an ordinary guy, and by ordinary, what do I mean by ordinary as well? I think I might have just derailed my own thought process, but me, who doesn't behave like that, and would never ever think of sitting down next to a woman to chat her up, not because I'm happily married, but because I just wouldn't do that to the other person, I am getting lumped in with that idiot that thought it was perfectly okay behaviour and thought it was perfectly fine for him to sit down next to this poor woman that he doesn't even know. Then gets upset when she doesn't want to be chatted up. Like he's got some right to approach her and talk to her like that. And the problem is, you get the pathetic counter response to it. And that counter-response is usually, oh, come on, I was only being complimentary, I meant no harm. It's nice to be chatted up, surely you must, be, you must be pleased about the fact that somebody out there finds you attractive. And you think, 
just shut up, stop talking, leave the woman alone and go away. It's not your job to make her feel good about herself. If she reaches out to you and says, I'm not feeling great today, it'd be nice if someone could pay me a compliment. Why do you imagine that you, some random that's never met her before and has had absolutely no impact on her life whatsoever, that one comment you make to her is going to brighten her day up? Unless you know the woman, unless you know what she's going through, stay away. And if you want to get to know her, there are ways to meet people. You don't just go and sit next to them on public transport and put them in this awful position where she feels obliged to get up and walk away and then has to defend her actions against someone who believes he had some moral right and moral obligation from her that she should reciprocate his chatting her up. It's just obscene. But as I say, this this pathetic response of, I was only trying to be nice, I was just trying to make friends and blah, blah, blah. He's like, right, okay. But what that does is, that phrase is now no longer an actual reason for doing something anymore because now it just sounds like a pathetic excuse because you've been called out and your behaviour's been found out. Quote, unquote, I'm not like other men. Well, you know, that's been ruined for us now because I can't say that anymore. I can't tell somebody I'm not like other men because what are other men like? What is, and I said earlier, I'm an ordinary man. What does an ordinary man mean? Now, if you're a woman and you're listening to this and you hear the phrase ordinary man, you might be thinking that the example I've just given you of the guy chatting you up when you're not interested who doesn't get the hint and won't go away, that that's ordinary because ordinary is normal. Okay? So you might be thinking that, whereas I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I don't want to be associated with that kind of behaviour that that man exhibited against that woman today because that's not me. But I can't fight that fight because that fight is being fought for me by these idiots on the public transport thinking it's okay to approach a woman and chat her up when she's not interested. So I have no option but to allow myself to be lumped in with those guys because they've robbed me of my excuse of I'm not like other men. I've been saying this phrase to my wife for years because as I've said before, I used to get really triggered by things on Facebook. You know, you'd get some of these Facebook mums and they'd post comments on there saying, my house is a tip, but my kids are loved. And I'd go, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then it would all be jokes about, oh, my husband's useless, he doesn't lift a finger around the house. And i go, okay, why is that something to be proud of? You've picked this inept husband who won't lift a finger around the house. But you're now playing that on Facebook as though that's an important thing to show how much you love each other. Because despite his faults, despite the fact he can't unload the dishwasher, despite the fact he never folds the washing or does the washing up, despite all of these things, you still love him to bits and your house is great. Okay, fine. But just because your husband doesn't do that, don't imagine that all men don't do that. Because that's what a stereotype is. As soon as you start stereotyping particular traits of behaviour, you have to apply it to everybody. So, here's the thing. When my son was at primary school, it was very, very rare that I would go and pick him up because I was always working. And again, that's not that stereotypical trope. But I was always working late, so I would always be driving home at the time when he was in his after-school club and some of that. So more often than not, I would pick him up from his after-school club, which was any time after 4.35 o'clock. So it was never school finishing time. He always had to go to an after school club because my wife worked and I worked. So 
inevitably, the people who knew me best at the school were the ones who worked at the after-school club because they saw me the most. But sometimes, I would have a day off, and in that day off, I had nothing to do. So I decided it would be nice to treat my son to the joy of me coming to pick him up from his primary school and just see the joy on his face as his dad is there waiting to pick him up. He doesn't have to go to the after-school club, so we've got a bit more time together. And it's a real genuine pleasure to give to a kid who tends to finish school and go straight in the after-school club and watches the other kids being picked up and taken home. So, 3.20, 3.15, whatever the time it was that the school kicked out, I'm stood there at the gates and I'm already hearing lots of murmurs and kind of sort of subtle speak of all the mothers around me because they don't know my face and suddenly this strange face has turned up at the gates to the school and he's looking into the playground as if to say what's this guy doing here who is he never seen him before you can hear a whisper just floating across the breeze and that whisper as it makes its way to your ear is is this guy a paedophile okay we don't know him He's just turned up, we don't know which child he's here to get, we've never seen him before, who is he? So anyway, the gates then open, and I walk into the playground, and I walk past, because this was at the time when my son was in the, in the infants, which was at the back end of the school, so I had to walk past the front building, which is where the junior school was, so I walk past that, and I'm walking across the playground, and there's nobody there, so I go into the building, and that's when I'm stopped. And I knew exactly which classroom he was in because I knew which class he was in. I knew who his teacher was. She knew me. But for some reason on that day, I walked in and the woman, the teacher, she stepped up to me and she put her hand on my chest to stop me and said, excuse me, where do you think you're going? And I looked at her and I just said, well, first of all, take your hand off me. Then she was affronted because she was like, well, no, I've got the right to stop people coming in here. And I said, no, get your hand off me. You do not need to touch me. So she removed her hand and I said, I'm here to pick up my son. And she goes, well, how am I supposed to know that? And I said, how am I supposed to know? I have to tell you because my wife comes in and picks up my son every now and again. And she told me she walks in here, goes into the classroom, gets the boy. He gets his bag and his coat and goes home. Next question from the teacher. Well, who's your son? It was my turn to... I know it's possibly ridiculous of me to think I'm a bit upset about the fact that, you know, this woman didn't recognise me. But I'm like, you teach my child. I know who you are. I said, but you don't know who I am. You've stopped me and you've treated me like I'm some kind of filth that shouldn't even be here. So I looked her in the eye and I just shouted my son. He came out of the classroom. I said, get your stuff. We're going home. And then she went, ah, you're his father. I was like... This is too late for the penny to drop. Now this story has stayed with me for years and my wife will often hear amongst her female friends they'll be talking about comments and saying oh yeah my husband's this, my husband's deadbeat that, my husband blah 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 my husband never goes to pick up the kids and so on and so on and then my wife will then you know, they'll all tell this story about you know why don't my husband go to pick up the kids why is he not interested and my wife tells my counter story and then all of a sudden all these mums are like well that didn't happen and my wife says, well, no, it did. It did happen. That's why I'm telling you. And then it switches from disbelief, so like, as if that would happen, as if there's this whisper of the word paedophile floating across the air. And she's like, no, 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 that's exactly true. That's exactly what happened when he did it. And then it switches from the disbelief to the story to, well, surely the teacher would have recognised him. Surely that's not how it was when he walked in there. Surely she never laid hands on him. And my wife is like, the story is true. That's exactly what happened. I've never felt more disgusting in my life. Never felt more grubby 
than walking across that school playground and being thought of as being a paedophile and being thought of as being a child molester and being thought of all these beautiful things and horrible things and then the teacher physically stopping me with her hand I might be suggesting that those women thought I was a paedophile but as soon as you raise that word people start to then panic and go no 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 of course not of course we don't think that it's like right okay would you have stopped a mother in the same way you've stopped a father if not you've got an agenda and that agenda has been brought to us by all of these bad men that's the problem and I worry more and more about these sort of things in these kind of situations where you cannot and you should not you don't have to pay somebody a compliment unless you know them unless they ask you and they say does this dress look good on me does this hat suit my jacket then give them an opinion you don't have to say to a woman that you don't know my goodness you look gorgeous because you're not doing them any favors because they'll be like great i've been validated by someone i don't even know and i don't know what their agenda is and i don't know what their outcome is and i worry about it because i think this is the world into which my son is moving he's going to be surrounded by these possible scenarios where he's not necessarily going to have the tools to, to have the correct conversations and the correct discussions with these people and he's going to find it increasingly difficult to meet somebody because every time he tries to do something nice like pay a compliment to someone he's going to be thought of as being the guy on the bus chatting up the woman who's got no right to even sit next to him and I just think that is it's just getting worse and worse and it weighs on me a lot and I know it sounds like this one guy here sitting here and just complaining over and over again about how women just don't understand men. It's not that at all. It's more the fact that women are stereotyping men in much the same way men stereotype women. I've got no intention of sitting next to you on the bus unless you invite me to. I've got no intention of commenting on how good you look unless you invite me to. And Twitter is just such a bad place for that and Facebook as well. It almost like in the minute a photograph gets posted of some woman, I'm not denying, I will think those thoughts because that's how my gender, my sex is geared. That's how it works. All men will look at something and go, wow, pretty, wow, attractive, wow, gorgeous, wow, stunning. We all think that. But some of us have the strength of character not to voice it. And I am one of those some of us. Now, I tried to find some positivity on this. I genuinely did. I thought, I've got to look around. I've got to see what it is that we can do in this modern world to try to feel better about being judged before we've even opened our mouths as a result of these idiots behaving in the name of being a man and then ruining it for the rest of us. I found nothing. These subhuman men have ruined any normal social interaction by being dicks. There's nothing we can take away from this. We have all men, quote-unquote ordinary men, men who would never ever think of doing what that guy did at any point. It's ruined for us. It's just ruined. So despite being full of a cold, and despite having a head that's pounding and throbbing and my sinuses closing, and my throat turning more gravelly, I am Leon Dex, and I am genuinely not like other men but it's going to take you a while before you see that. Thank you for listening.